Good morning and welcome to another episode of Hearts Sent Together in Christ Ministries. I'm your host, Marcia A. Sullivan, and I'm so always so happy and delighted that those that get a chance and an opportunity to listen to this podcast, that you will be blessed and encouraged in your walk of faith and draw closer and dear to the Lord. Uh, my purpose for doing this is to share God's word through encouraging you by reading daily devotions or scriptures that you may not always know that exist in the Bible. But I want you to know that God has something for you to read every day because it's his word that he rains down the manna from heaven, the daily bread that we need to strengthen us in our everyday faith walk. And so this is not a one-time occurrence. This is something we need every single day as we're walking with the Lord. Because whether you know it, whether you're a baby in Christ or whether you're a mature believer and you've been walking with Christ a long time, these things does not prevent you from allowing your faith to be tested. And it doesn't stop these vicious attacks from coming your way. And so you need something to stand firm on when you're being attacked. You need the substance of God's word. You need faith because faith is is declared as the evidence of things hoped for. Okay, but but faith, you cannot see faith. You must believe it's the substance. I'm sorry. It's the substance of things hoped for, but the evidence of things not seen. So we all need a measure of faith to get us through life to get us through the good things that we experience the bad things the uncertain the unpleasant things about life and today i want to bring a story to you uh, because i had to really get in the presence of god for this story to come about because god knows that recently a lot of his people been under attack whether it's been death whether it's been their bodies has been plagued, whether it's been division or strife or loss of any kind, or whether you've experienced bullying on the job, what in whatever the arena or, you know, somebody's been messing with your child, these are attacks. But God has a strategy for the plan of the enemy. And today I want to share with you a story about David and how God used David to remind Israel that first and foremost, our God, he's not a weak God. He's not a wimpy God, but God is strong and he's mighty and he's powerful. And when we operate in his authority, we have been given the authority not to succumb to the fear, but we've been given the authority not to be trampled by the enemy because our God has all power, dominion, and authority. So I want to share as I was in prayer, God wanted me to release this, this story today from 1 Samuel chapter 17 to especially people that are going through it in Ukraine, to the families who've uh, lost their loved ones in the, the grocery store shooting. It's just so much been going on in this world. But I want you to be encouraged and know that God has a master plan in it all. And don't lose hope because God is fighting. And God always raised up someone that is strong and mighty and, and is able to go forth and not fear the faces of men, but is able to stand up to these giants. 
and God will always protect his people. So we're going to see a little bit of what God does in, again, 1 Samuel chapter 17. We're going to start off in the fourth verse. It says, a champion named Goliath, who was from Gath, came out of the Philistine camp. He was over nine feet tall. Now, can you imagine? I'm sure everybody was intimidated by this champion named Goliath. He had a bronze helmet on his head and he wore a coat of scale armor of bronze weighing 5,000 shekels. So this thing was really, really heavy. And six, it says in verse six, on his legs, he wore bronze graves and a bronze javelin and it was slung on his back. His spear shaft was like a weaver's rod and his iron point weighed 600 shekels. His shield bearer went ahead of him and Goliath stood and shouted to the ranks of Israel, why do you come out and line up for battle? He's asking them this because he knows that these Israel, who's considered to be God's people, they're not going to go to war. So he's intimidating them by saying, am I not a Philistine? And are you not the servants of Saul? Choose a man and have him come down to me. So he's calling them out. But nobody is choosing to come. In verse 9, he says, If he is able to fight and kill me. So he, he offers them a declaration out of his mouth. Goliath does. He says in verse 9, If he's able to fight and kill me, we will become your subjects. Meaning you, Israel, will rule over us. But if, however, if we overcome him and kill him, you, meaning Israel, we will become, you will become our subjects and you will serve us. Now, if you've ever read the Bible and been following, you know that God was a jealous God. God wanted no subjects for his people because God wanted to be the subjects for Israel and only Israel. And usually when, when God allowed another leader or another giant, somebody as Goliath to come on and become in charge of the people is because somewhere along the line God's people did not obey him they rebelled and did not do what God wanted and so God will always raise up a leader to rule over his people right and to just oppress his people but God even in doing that God always have a remnant for his people so Goliath is doing all of this talk talking to God's people he's belittling them he's calling them out he knows that they're afraid because he's discovered their weakness and no one has enough courage to say so and in verse 10 it says then the Philistines said this day I defy the ranks of Israel give me a man and let us fight each other so Goliath his main objective here is not to make peace is not to disguise what his motive is because usually the enemy will disguise his motive and then attack well goliath is not doing that goliath is showing them first and foremost look i'm ready to fight i want somebody to come down and i want somebody to fight against me 11 says on hearing the philistine word saul and all of israel were dismayed and terrified now, the sad part about this is that Saul was the king at this time, and Saul was the leader for God's people, and even Saul was afraid because this verse in 11 says that the Israelites and Saul, they were all terrified. 
they would not come down. But God has a way of raising up somebody that's strong and mighty, though sometimes others may see them as weak and timid. And the person that God decided to raise up for such a time as this was a little wimpy boy that most people thought was wimpy because he tended to his father's sheep. And this character name is David in the story. Verse 12 tells us, it says, Now David was the son of an Ephraite named Jesse, who was from Bethlehem in Judea. Jesse had eight sons, and in Saul's time, he was old and well-advanced in years. So Jesse was well-advanced in Saul, in other words. And verse 13 said that Jesse's three oldest sons had followed Saul to war. So the three sons were off to war because they were the oldest. And verse 14 tells us specifically that David was the youngest. He was the youngest. And the three oldest followed Saul. But David was forced to stay behind and help with home and tend to his father. Verse 15 says, But David went back and forth from Saul to tend his father's sheep at Bethlehem. So David had a special a special job but it was really important to God because God's sheep are always dear to God's heart so he was in training whether he realized it or not as we are sometimes we're in training but we don't realize it until it's time for battle and when it's time for battle what God does is he take those that are least in the background those that are overlooked and when the battle comes those that you thought would, would had all power they're not saying anything but those that are weak and those that are overlooked God brings them to the front to be displayed by his people and for his glory so God is deciding to bring this little boy named David this young man a youth to bring him to the front because David doesn't like what he's hearing. In verse 16, it says, For 40 days the Philistines came for every morning. So this was, wasn't a one time. For 40 days, morning they came and evening they came. And they took his stand. And it says, Now Jesse said to his son David, Take this ephah of roasted grain and these ten loaves of bread for your brothers and hurry to the camp. So it was David's job to go and to feed his brothers. But David had something else in mind. In verse 18, it says, he says, Take along these ten cheeses to the commander of their unit. See how your brothers are and bring back some assurance for them. Verse 19, They were with Saul and all the men of Israel in the valley of Eli fighting against the Philistines. So they were all there just fighting. But it says, early in the morning, David left the flock with the shepherd loaded up and set out as Jesse had directed. He reached the camp as the army was going out to his battle position, shouting the war cry. So they were going out, shouting the war cry. And Israel and the Philistines were drawing up their lines facing each other. They were getting ready to go into battle. But let's see what happens here. In verse 22, it says, David left his things with the keeper of the supplies, ran to the battle lines, and he greeted his brothers. How many of you know that his brothers are getting ready to say something to him? Verse 23, it says, and as he was talking with them, 
Goliath, the Philistine, the champion from Gath, stepped out from his lines and shouted his usual defiance. And David heard it. When a child of God hears the defiance that's coming from the enemy, speaking badly against them or their God, any child of God is not going to listen to that. They're going to speak loud. They're going to speak boldly. And David did speak. David, because he wasn't afraid to stand firm. He wasn't afraid to open up his mouth. And this was the time. This was the time to speak up, not on, not because he had an ego, but to speak in defense on behalf of his God. Because David was representing God as well as Saul and Israel, but they were not willing to speak up at the time that they needed to speak up and fight the most. But in verse 27, it says, when the Israelites saw the man, they all ran from him in great fear. So they wasn't even going to go to battle because just seeing this man's sight, seeing his height made them in awe. They were terrified. They they were fearful, as the Bible says. And in 25, it says, now the Israelites have been saying, do you see how this man keeps coming out? He comes out to defy Israel. The king will give great wealth to the man who kills him. He will also give his daughter in marriage and will exempt his father's family from tax in Israel. Now, this was the benefit that if the Israelites had won, somebody was going to get all of the benefits, the benefits, I'm sorry, that came with winning the battle. So then David was a witness to this. Verse 26 tells us, David asked the man standing near him, What will be done for the man who kills this Philistine and removes this disgrace from Israel? A child of God, before they speak, they always listen. So David is listening. David is observing to get the facts to make sure that everything that has been uttered against Israel, the benefits in particularly, is right. So he said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? Now, if you were listening um, just in a previous episode, I recently talked about that there is power in what we say and that the heaven armies are always listening and the angels are always listening to see what kind of report will we give for the Lord. This is a perfect example in this storyline because David finally speaks up to give a good report of the Lord because he said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? He's saying, in other words, this is an insult for, for somebody else to speak against my God in this manner. 27 says, they read, Heeded to him what they had been saying and told him, This is what will be done for the man who kills him. When Eliab, David's oldest brother, heard him speaking with the man, the Bible says he burned with anger at him and asked, Why have you come down here? Now, in, in my opinion, from reading this, he's angry because David is getting ready to do something that he should have been doing. But he wasn't because he didn't have enough courage and boldness to do so. And so he's angry for one because 
in his mind, he's saying that maybe perhaps his brother, I'm making a little speculation here, is out of order. He's out of order because it says, and with whom did you leave for, for those few sheep in the desert? What he's really saying, look, this is not your place to be here. You need to be in the back. You need to be make sure that you're tending to the sheep. But what he doesn't know is that he doesn't really recognize who his brother is yet. And, and he says, I know how conceited you are. This is the oldest brother speaking to his youngest brother, to David. He says, I know how conceited you are and how wicked your heart is. You came down only to watch the battle. But he's really upset because it's really not a battle because no one is willing to fight. And David realizes that. Verse 29, he says, Now what have I done, said David? Can I even speak? Because his brother felt as if though he had this great authority over him. In verse 30, it says, And then he then turned away to someone else. So that didn't stop David from speaking. David did the same thing. And he brought up the same matter. And the man answered him as before. 31 says what David said was overheard and reported to Saul and Saul sent for him now I'm sure that that was no thought in David's mind that the king of Israel during the time of battle I'm sure David didn't have any idea that the king would send for him but David was really just kind of being nosy if you will trying to figure out what's going on here in this story Verse 32 tells us that David said to Saul, let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. So when David got ready to stand before the king Saul, notice that David had a different demeanor and a different mindset than those in battle to those that were the oldest, who was supposed to be the most wisest and strongest but guess what? They wasn't truly the wisest. And certainly they were not the strongest. And so immediately David has something to say to the king that changes his stance. And David says he cuts no corner, but he gets straight to the point as a real man does. He says, David says to Saul in 32, let no one lose heart on account of the Philistines. He's saying, in other words, be of good cheer. Your servant will go and fight him he said the key word fight because no one was willing to fight and there are times where God is saying you got to fight you have got to go to war whether you feel like you need to fight there are times God said you got to fight in the spirit yes God will fight for us but there are times where God said you got to move before I can before I can act and do the great mighty works to perform the great miracle that I need to perform in your life, you have got to move. You got to move by faith. You got to move and operate as if though I was right beside you. And God, angels are always in camp round about his people. His angels are always there to defend us. But David was the only one who was willing to speak up and stand firm in the face of the giant, Goliath. And so it says in verse 
33, Saul replied, Don't you just love what Saul says to David? Saul says, You are not able to go out against this Philistine and fight him. You are only a boy, and he has been a fighting man from his youth. Hmm. It's interesting what Saul, who's the king, he's not willing to do it. He's not willing to step up to the plate. Neither was his men. And he says to David, you're not able to go out against this Philistine. And I want to say to those who have felt, if you've ever felt underestimated by those in leadership, or you've ever felt underestimated by those who didn't see your worth or your value, then this message is just for you. If you ever felt bullied, this message is for you. Because what what the enemy doesn't know is that you cannot feel as if though God's people are not able to do anything. Because when we have the spirit of God living on the inside of us and we understand who we are and whose we are, the Bible says that we're able to do all things through Christ who strengthens us. And it's not to be boastful, it's not to be arrogant, it's not to think of yourself better than you ought to, but it's to represent God and what God has said about you. And David understood who he was, even as a youth. He understood his position and what he should have done in the day of battle. He didn't have the mindset to be like everybody else because he was different. But he did have the mindset to speak up against the army, which was the Philistines, who was defying his God. They were defying his God and they were defying his people. And David said, I'm not going to have that. Verse 34 says, but David said to Saul, your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, David says, I went after it. This is what happens when you're you're working in the fields, when you're doing the least amount of work that people in the outer courts or in the inner courts, I should say, feel that the work that you're doing is not enough. David said, I've been in the battle. I've been in a jungle. In other words, I've been in the field. I've been tending to the sheep and I know how to fight. I know how to go to war because he says, I went after that's what he said. I struck it and I rescued the sheep from his mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair, struck it and killed it. David knows battle. He, he's, he's been skilled by the Lord. But there was one more thing in verse 34. I jumped to 35 that I didn't, I forgot to read here. But it says, when a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock David goes on to say he says I went after it I struck it and I rescued the sheep from his mouth that was power in itself because when you're in the face of a lion a lion has the power to destroy a human only the power and the anointing that was only upon David seized David saves his own life through the strength of God because God's hands was upon David. David spares the life of the sheep from the lion's mouth. And David says, when it turned on me, guess what he said I did? I seized it. 
and 36, it says, Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he has defied the armies of the living God. David says, because of this, it's time to go to battle. Because they defiled my God, it's time to go to war. I understand who my opponent is. And I understand David is saying, I'm not operating from fear like the leader was and like God's people, Israel, but I'm going to operate in power and authority. And that's what God wants to give those who've been in the back, who've been in the fields, who've been overlooked. God is saying, you have power, you have dominion, you have authority. You do not have to be oppressed. You do not have to be depressed. You do not have to feel like you're belittled because I've given you the authority. And like I said, when you're in a battle, God knows how to bring the leaders to the forefront, the real leaders to the forefront. The real leaders are not the ones that are uh, talking a lot of noise because they understand their position. David understood his position while working in the fields, tending to the sheep. He wasn't wanting, he didn't want or desire to be seen. But when it came to the Philistine to find his God, he wanted to come forth. And then he knew that the benefits were rewarded. He came forth because he knew that he was going to win it without a shadow of a doubt. And so I declare to you today who has been feeling like you, you can't do anymore, like you can't warn the spirit anymore. I say to you, keep fighting because God has given you the power. God has given you the strength to fight. God has given you the strength to stand firm. God has given you a mouth to speak and not be trampled over. So I pray today, Lord, we thank you, Lord, for the strength that you've given your people. We thank you, Father God, that your word cannot return to you, Lord God. We thank you, God, for those who've been in the field, God, that you've given them a supernatural strength, God. To stand firm and flat-footed in, in, in the time of battle, God. Lord, we lift up Ukraine to you, Father God. And God, the same power that you've given David, a youth, a young boy, God. I pray, God, for you to raise up the, bring forth the Davids in Ukraine, God, that are not afraid to stand firm in the face of a Goliath, God, in the face of a giant, God, that has tormented the people, God, that has destroyed the cities and the town, God. God, raise up Goliath, God. And God, when you have raised raising up the Goliath, God, I pray, God, that you will allow Ukraine to destroy them in battle, God, just as you allowed David to destroy the, Philist the Philistine, the Goliath, oh God. God, I pray, God, that you would send the weapons that they need, God, and that you would give them a supernatural boldness as never before, God. God, as they call on your name, God, may you equip them with the power to stand firm. And I thank you, God, for who you are. I thank you for those who have had the opportunity to listen to this podcast message and be encouraged. God, may Ukraine do to their enemies, oh God, what David did to the lions. In the name of Jesus, I pray, amen. And may God bless you. And tomorrow I will come back with part two so you can see more of how the story ends when David continued on in battle. 
thank you again for listening and may god bless you may you tune in again tomorrow to hear another segment and thank you for listening to hearts knit together in christ's ministry god bless you Thank you.